0: You're keeping me at a distance? All that I'm asking for is forgiveness. Are you even listening? Hi, everyone. Just a reminder that this show is not legal advice, trading advice, financial advice, or personal advice. Enjoy the show, and thank you very much.
1: Waiting for you to give me some kind of reason. Are you even listening? Am I talking to myself again?
0: Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101, and we are very proud to announce that Crypto 101 just bought a 1988 Ferrari F40 and a Banksy and donated them both to a museum. Nah, we're joking. But we could in April when this platform launches, and this platform is called Tend, and the next guest, Marco Abele, is going to tell us about how he's going to take vintage Classic collectible assets, put them on the blockchain, tokenize them so that me and you and people that want to make a reasonable investment in something classic and timeless can do so. And Marco, who has worked in banks for about 20 years, is not only going to tell us about banking and what it's like to work in a bank, why he quit working in a bank to open up a company on the blockchain, but also this company that has a working product, and is backed by assets. This is another episode of Unique Use Cases on the Blockchain. But before we get into the conversation, please go to Crypto101podcast.com. That's Crypto101podcast.com. There you can find links to our socials, our Instagram, our Twitter. Our Facebook group is now over 3,000 people. A lot of great conversations and no spam, no FUD, no hate, just a welcoming community. Thank you everyone for being part of that. Also, you can send me an email, go to the contact us page, shoot over an email, say what's up, give us ideas, comments, topics. It's all good. Also, you can go to our iTunes and subscribe to us. Subscribe to us there. Leave us a rating and a comment. That helps us out a lot. And what also helps us out a lot is our Patreon page. Go to our Patreon page and put in $5. There, you will help, support, make this show possible. So we really appreciate all those patrons that are already on there and thank you. And I also want to give a special shout out to Jeremy Furster of BlockCamp.io. Jeremy helped set up this interview and we thank you very much. BlockCamp.io is a Taiwan blockchain alliance company that if you are doing business, China, Taiwan, Asia in general... And you need some help with your ICO, SEC regulations, VC funding, or promotion, look them up. Link is in the description. So without further ado, please welcome Marco Abele, former banker and new CEO and founder of Tend Swiss. Marco, welcome to Crypto One Hundred and One, and thank you for coming on the show.
2: Thank you for having me, Matthew. It's a pleasure to talk to you,
0: Marco. If you don't mind, if you could, we just uh, start a little bit about you. If you could just introduce yourself to the audience.
2: So, of course. So, I'm Marco. I'm uh, from Switzerland. Originally born in Germany, studied in uh, Germany law, and then I did an MBA in the U.S. and started my career in in two big banks first in Deutsche Bank in Germany and then later the last 12 years in Switzerland at Credit Suisse I do love sports I do a lot of skiing jogging tennis to keep me healthy Um, and I have a family which uh, keeps me busy too so
0: well congratulations on that and so you're I just talked to a little bit ago offline and you are in Singapore
2: that's true I am currently in Singapore, just uh, arrived from Hong Kong and before I've been in Taipei. Extremely pleased actually and and positively surprised by the people the reception they got for my idea. Uh, it was wonderful so far.
0: We're going to get to your idea in a little bit and for people who don't know, his idea on the blockchain is super original and something that we really want to delve into but one thing that you said really caught my eye. You worked in banks.
2: Absolutely. And I don't look like, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know what bankers look like, but...
2: Yeah, I I was in banking. It was um, a wonderful time. Uh, I could learn extremely much. Um, It's an environment which is highly complex. You meet a Mm -hmm. lot of very sophisticated people. Uh, You deal with quite, let's say, important elements for the economy, for the industry. And so it's it's, it's great. Um, And it was uh, a wonderful journey. But now after about almost 20 years I decided to start something on my own and uh, do let's say my second part of, of my career and my business life.
0: I really have some questions about banking um, if you don't mind what positions did you hold in those banks you were working for
2: You move up the ladder you start like normal like project managers mm-hmm. or like um, you know relationship managers if you serve customers and, and later on you get like um, two different, Type of areas you can switch. That's very nice in big corporate corporations. That you would learn a, a broader skill sets, and I ended up to be the chief digital officer of um, Credit Suisse, which is a uh, one of the top uh, wealth management banks in the world. Wow. And so that was uh, a really privileged uh, journey.
0: I realized after talking to you in Taipei that I don't know if I know what a bank is, and that might sound like a weird question. I know that I take my money and i put it there and when i take my atm card i take my money out but is that it
2: no it takes at least in the past and we come to it i guess uh, how the future looks like but it used to be a very central function of um, transmitting money from someone who had it to someone who needed it Uh, let's take the example somebody wants to lend money he would need to find i don't know how many people who would be willing to give him money so Simplified, the bank was taking that role of collecting the money that he would need it from other people and giving it out to him. So it was this central intermediary function that people could number one find a safe place to give their money mm-hmm. and it's being taken care of because at home, well, you would be comfortable to have a few thousands or hundred thousands laying always at home. And secondly, then there was a need of the economy, be it on the corporate side, that they needed uh, financing or on, on the private side that there is um, a market for lending and um, and for for saving and that's what was the role of the of the bank right they played that that function in the middle between two parties
0: so the bank was in the middle of these two parties and so there's a lot of trust into how a bank works in the inside workings it's, of a bank to put it a better way they have their shit together
2: absolutely a lot and that's why uh, banks invested a lot uh, in, especially uh, over the last century into their brand and into you know, their trust mm-hmm. into their company. And um, they were rather very careful and had to do very good risk management to avoid any hiccups, mm-hmm. right? That was important. Let's say before uh, or in this, uh, this um, century then when it turned and came to the crisis, it became a bit apparent that the banks were less careful and tried to create products and try to create profits which were not on the same level of trust grading than before.
0: Would you call that 2008 debacle a breach of trust?
2: I think it was a pressure of making more um, return for their investors. Mm -hmm. And that created a wrong incentive uh, scheme to actually go probably a bit over in in terms of um, creating a profit for yourself and not Taking 100% care always for your customers, and logically, the regulators have given a lot of fines to many of the institutions um, as a consequence. Right. Um, and then now they still take the learnings out of that, and and you see globally regulation have uh, have tied up massively because of that um, to to ensure that this is not happening anymore.
0: The cryptocurrency area is considered a direct threat to banks or conventional-style banking. Do you think this to be true?
2: Of course. Look, what I just explained is there was this middle man, right? There's intermediary, the bank in the middle. Mm -hmm. And with decentralized technology, there's no need anymore for this central middle person. Right. And hence, if you're not needed anymore, you feel threatened. Do they understand this? I think uh, some understand it very well. Some have probably less dived into it yet. Um, and there's a big debate between like some they are pro-crypto, most are against crypto. It's, it's a learning curve as well for everyone to understand what would be the impact of this technology and of a real decentralized economy and what type of role a bank could play in such scenarios still or not at all anymore.
0: You said some are against and some are pro. Can you explain that a little bit? What does it mean to be against cryptocurrency from a, a, a bank's point of view?
2: The, the blockchain itself, there is a, a strong view actually on maturity that really sees that as a great technology to improve efficiency between interactions between the banks, like settlements, mm-hmm. uh, trading behaviors that are done behind the scenes, right? Mm-hmm. So that is something that today is totally inefficiently organized globally. How actually payments are transferred between um, two different institutions? So that, that they actually embarked on a lot of projects to improve their operating efficiency which is great right and at the end should be a benefit for the customer if it comes to cryptocurrency something like outside this that's more um, a belief question whether you think an economy could work on a on a on a currency which is limited which is purely digital versus you know a, uh, an economy where you have a central bank which is managing and controlling the supply of a currency to make it healthy for a certain country or for a certain economy, so that that's very fundamental discussions and very fundamental beliefs, and there's no right or wrong, and we're going to see which one will be, you know, emerging as the dominant one in future.
0: Right. And so I guess I guess when I'm always asking those questions, I'm just wondering because I don't know the inside, I don't know what's going on, and I think that the biggest barrier for blockchain, and at least in our minds, is the banks working with the government putting down the the axe and saying. No, we will stop this. We're going to protect the U.S. dollar, the euro, the pound, and we're going to tax, and we're going to block this because it doesn't work for us, and we control your economy.
2: It's a very valid point.
0: If if that's what they're thinking, we don't know. Or they could be all buying Bitcoin. I don't know.
2: I I don't know what they're all thinking, the top bosses there, right, and the people who deal with it. um, I don't have, uh, you know, connections to them, but... um, if they are a bit smart, they're going to understand that their model is at threat massively. Good. And then, the, you know, the natural reaction is you kill it, right? Right. I mean, you protect yourself. That's a very normal human reaction, unfortunately. <laughs> I do hope that um, because they embrace the blockchain technology, right, what they don't embrace is the currency part. Mm. They all of them embrace the blockchain, but the currency is their concern. Blockchain will survive, I'm pretty sure, because they they really are behind it. Uh, the currency will be then something I believe over time people will as well and bankers will get comfortable that there may be two worlds and we just need to merge them better and not having it just running so contrary in you know uh, against each other as it's now
0: i think one of those things that people are talking about the currency is it you know to get away from the banks get away from the government and things like that. yeah it's
2: very it's very against right and uh, less on the benefit why you do it
0: right exactly like you said it's you know if you feel a threat you're going to kill it yeah, and and I can see them trying to do that. Uh, so I'm also kind of wondering how are they going to embrace it for the utilities, things like like things that you're you're doing, or something like Ripple that is there so the bank can build off that platform. Yeah, I don't know why a bank won't just start making their own cryptocurrency, uh, their own Bitcoin, Charles Schwab Bitcoin, BitSwab. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I mean, that's a question for also many ICOs, why people need to give their own ICO coin, right? In the terms of currency, right? Right. If it's like something else that makes sense, that because it's a mechanism, then we're going to see. Look, it's the most exciting times in our life. So I <laughs> wanted to be part of it and uh, shape it and have an impact to it. So,
0: so what is this that you're trying to create?
2: I, I try to use the blockchain and smart contracts to enable people to explore your, their passions and interests by co-owning very beautiful, high-value, meaningful assets in the world like art, classic cars, luxury watches, fine wine, a vineyard, maybe, offering them to um, get access to a final uh, financial return and at the same time already enjoying these investments. Hmm. And that's new and that's cool, right? That's something that you just don't invest into it. You, you really can already get the joy out of it and um, make your life enriched.
0: Right on. Okay, so I watched your promo video on your website, and it has the Porsche, I think it's the 1951 Porsche Boxster? 56. 56, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I knew it was a 50-something. Yeah, yeah, good. Can you explain that video and how it explains your idea is going to work?
2: Yeah, so for many, this type of James car, is something they all have dreamt of, but because of the high price, it's not accessible for many people, right? So the barrier is too high. So what we do is we create ownerships. Let's say 10 people could then own this car, and actually the only amount you need to pay is a tenth of the entire car. Mm-hmm. And that gives you then access to a stellar financial return in terms of how much it's appreciated. Those cars have appreciated more than 400% in the last decade. And at the same time, even if you just own a tenth, we allow you to drive it once or twice a year. Oh, wow. So you can enjoy it, right? So what you have, it's not only somewhere locked up and you just hope that it gets more, you get immediately the access to what I call an emotional return Mm. by enjoying the investment.
0: Right. So this is kind of like a timeshare, isn't it?
2: Not really. Um, I am often asked for that, but the timeshare is basically where you can consume something uh, very regularly and um, you just divide basically the whole year up between the co-owners, okay. not us. This is an investment, a very luxurious special object, which foremost needs um, protection to appreciate. But what we do is one of a kind, one of experience associated with it. So in the car example we just had. We don't rent it out 365. That would deteriorate the value of the car, right? Um, so it's rented out maybe 10 days a year. Mm-hmm. And that's very then specially arranged and curated. So that's, I think, the big difference um, that uh, to uh, timeshares. Yeah. So
0: in summary, you take expensive things, get a lot of people together to buy it, so that it creates value?
2: Yeah, it's not a lot. It's uh, still a few, right? We don't, we need a thousand, we believe, always, to actually co-own something. It will still be a, a feeling of five to 10 to 15, maybe. Okay. Together, we own that. And this is our joint investment, um, which creates a very strong, small group of like-minded investors. And this, um, I believe, this small community of like uh, shared passions, shared interests, is a very very strong driver of the modern generation.
0: What kind of things can you buy?
2: Uh, music instruments like pianos, violins, um, guitars, like cars, uh, like we had the example. Then um, watches, uh, jewelry. Uh, we mm-hmm. put on even handbags for ladies, which are very special and unique. Um, so it's actually for both sides. It's it's very important for us that we have not only for you know like objects which are attractive for men but also for women.
0: Can we walk through the purchasing process? I have Tend, I have your app. And I say, you know what? I have yeah, I have $50,000 laying around that I got it, I got yeah. it. it's burning a hole in my pocket. You know, I just got to spend it. And and I'm I'm just scrolling through and I would assume on the app there's all kinds of different things listed there. There's cars, oh. there's art, there's bags, there's pianos and all these other things that you said, watches maybe. Yeah. And then I say, okay, I just found a a Hublot diamond studded 24 karat gold, $200,000. I'm putting my $50,000 on that. Now what? How do I do it? How do I put money on there? And who are the other people that are going to put money on there?
2: So, first of all, when we onboard an asset, we're going to decide how many tokens we're going to grade on mm-hmm. the platform. Um, so, it could be that, in your example, for 200,000 watch, we're going to grade exactly four tokens, right? And each token would cost 50,000, like oh, wow. in your okay. example, watch, right? Now, idea is that, basically, you would see the people who could cone on it, and maybe it's just one token is left, and you're the lucky one who actually could just buy and purchase that token, right? Okay. So, you have... Then these four co-owners, and they would share the experience like every quarter, actually it's on a different hand race, right? So people could worry it always a quarter's time. Um, if you're tired and said, well, I've seen it, I want to get out, you could sell your token on the platform and somebody else who's interested in the watches would see it in his stream and would maybe pick it up and make you an offer and you would sell and buy it and would hand it over that token to this one. So it's it's basically a, a marketplace where you can buy and sell the things you really desire in a tokenized way. Now, the important is that we ask, Everybody on the platform constantly, what are their wishes, their desires. Mm -hmm. And based on these desires, we're going to source assets on the platform. But if you have, like, friends and um, you already know that, you know, we, we are five and we want to do something together, we, of course, also source something then for that type of group.
0: I buy into, say, that one of those four tokens for the watch that we're talking about. Yes. I've had that token for 10 years. The watch is now 300,000 so that means the token automatically who who appraises this first of all and How do I do I do I automatically
2: sell it for more money or how does that work? Yeah, so we have for all the assets independent market data available, which gives you always a reference price, which we believe is an objective market price at this moment in time. So we do have uh, companies working with us who give us this this kind of information and say, well, after ten years, yes, it's three hundred thousand worth. Then it's up to you for how much you want to really sell it in the market. Meaning, well, you want to match the market price, or you believe that actually I can sell it probably on the platform for three. 110,000 mm. or actually 290,000. But people will always see the market price. So if you think you can charge more, they're going to challenge you why you, uh, you think you can charge more than the right. market price is. But yeah, that's how it's working. So we always have this objectivity of market data for all the assets.
0: So how do they actually communicate with each other? Okay, so maybe it's appraised at 300,000, let's just say. But I say, you know what? I want to sell my share, 80,000. Okay. Yeah. I want to, I want to sell mine to, for 80,000. My, my one token out of four. Yeah. Who does that negotiation? Who?
2: You, you can engage on the platform then directly, uh, with potential buyers. Right. So there are different options. Number one, you can like, you know, from eBay make a fixed price and say, this is the price. Somebody picks it up and is basically, uh, taking it. Or you can, ask for bids and say, look, I accept bids in the in the range of 75 to oh, 85. And then you select the right one. Okay. So it's, it's, it's moderated, basically, trading. And you just then click which one actually you want to go for. Um, if needed, you can, of course, on our platform chat with these people and engage with them bilaterally to um, have a more deeper discussion about your price setting and, and uh, like why you see the value at this certain point.
0: I just want to say that I really appreciate your idea because I have. It's rare that I find a company saying we're going to back it, we're going to put a a product out, and back it by actual assets instead of just give me money. There's a car. Real
2: stuff. Real stuff. Yeah. In a showroom
0: that I own.
2: Yes. Correct. Exactly. And that's fine I I find it super cool. I hope the community recognizes it because um, that would be a pity if that you know others like they just promised, they get poured in money. And, uh, yeah, it's just a, a matter of make it visible, in my opinion. And some people do a very strong marketing and do a lot of it.
0: Um, is this only for the wealthy, though? I mean, or is it going to have no. products for all kinds of price or income levels? In the
2: beginning, it's like like for the middle class, the upper middle class, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously. But, you know, one of the things we have is then, of course, we could make a lower uh, end Uh, investment universe with the same concept right it's maybe not then a picasso it's maybe you know just a a a new modern artist which maybe you know a piece of art is costing fifteen thousand dollars and not 1.5 million right that's out there as well right right so it's just i feel the entry point of you know this this upper middle class and on the luxury side you, you can control it better because you don't talk about this mass, right? If you go lower, you need mass. And that's something that I feel is very difficult to achieve from day one until you have made your operating model, have um, made through all the legal stuff that you need to go through. You do it easily on on, um, on a scale where you don't have so many objects and you don't have so many customers.
0: What what, what does the, the platform have when it's – controlling the risk for example you said you know a picasso 1.5 we know a picasso's only going up but then yeah. we have maybe a john smith for uh 15,000 we don't know what his art's going to do is is there always going to be an an inherent risk in investing or buying assets on your platform
2: i think yes i mean you cannot avoid that right nobody can predict the future the right. only thing we do is do a due diligence which The chances are increased that this will go up. And we try to avoid to have things on the platform which are not. But I will have issues and I will have, like everyone, um, objects which may not turn out to be what we hope to. And uh, number one, we make it transparent to the investor. But, you know, it could be something where I need to do great risk management and have like funds aside to compensate for such kind of uh, incidents.
0: I would assume there's a transaction fee for your investment then. You're just going to take a percentage from the company then. Uh, how are you making revenue?
2: Four sources. Um, not with transaction. So zero transaction fee. Oh, okay. Uh, users pay a yearly subscription fee. So like Spotify at the range of $500, for example. hmm and that's the symbol and the only fee customers pay because i don't want a complex fee system right they have this in today's world so
0: so if they if they stop paying the 500 do they still own the asset
2: no we would then have a, a clause in that basically the assets will get handed over to tent and we then liquidate it in the market again I see, I see so the second revenue is that if assets are onboarded from wealthy people uh, we charge um tokenization fee right because we do all that arrangement we do the certification we do the quality check and there's a small fee to it so today if you want to do that with Christie's and, and other ones you pay 15 percent right mm-hmm. it's really expensive so we do it that like a half or one percent but that's the core job what we're doing bring things on the platform and tokenize it right and the third one is basically for Sophisticated investors as we discussed before you don't have time to look at the portfolio We will provide portfolio advisory services of saying this type uh, would be a great diversification investment and you know uh, Giving really advice on strategic asset allocation and stuff like this Um, And the fourth one would be lending and that's big right because uh, again the beauty is I have a real thing I have the token. I arrange everything I can give you easy credit on your 50,000 token of your Porsche um, Uh, and you need like 25,000 cash. So I have it as a collateral and the Porsche piece, the token, you see? And that's people when I actually create liquidity, your market, which was never existing. Today, today that Porsche sits in a garage of a person, right? He doesn't have liquidity. Right, And it takes him a year to sell it to someone because it's freaking expensive to find someone for 800000 Right, right? You can put it on a platform. You can own a part. And if you need money, we provide you cash liquidity on top. Wow. Isn't that cool?
0: That is really cool. So I would assume that you, the tend would also take care of the insurance aspects of it as yes. well. well I, um, a tornado comes and blows that $800,000 car yeah. away.
2: Yes. So they do have all this type of insurance already today. For the super wealthy people. And we just replicate those ones.
0: So if you had your platform. What would be the first thing you bought?
2: I like art. So it would be probably an art piece. Okay. Um, I personally like a lot of modern photography. So we're going to have some of this. So that would be something I would first purchase. And I do love wine. So probably the wine yard will make it for me
0: too. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. Why is it on the blockchain?
2: Actually the blockchain is really a very, very strong proposition for us. In the model we have because. It's 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 on various areas creates huge benefits. The first one is that it creates full transparency in term of the asset and of the agreements and of the arrangements going forward. So you do have a huge degree of confidence in the assets themselves. Then afterwards, right? Because often these things have been opaque in the past, and nobody actually had access on on the history clearly. So that's something where we, going forward, we would have all the pertinent information easy, accessible for everyone, recorded in a public Mm ledger. That's great, right? The second is that, basically, you create a peace of mind for the users. These are high-value assets, very expensive assets. You don't want that anyone in the middle can manipulate that. So using decentralized blockchain technology creates that level of confidence and trust, even for a pretty new company, right from the beginning. Right. Mm -hmm. And the third one is that I do have a lot of service providers that working with me and on a blockchain, you can create the perfect ecosystem of all these providers working on the same set of data, the same set of history and make it very, very efficient to integrate all these kind of service providers onto the same platform. So let
0: me take this back to the banks. And this is something that you're passionate in, an idea that you had that you just said, you know what? I'm stopping a 20 year career, a very good career, might we add, to pursue this. Did you take this to the banks and say, hey, I want to do this? And they said, no.
2: No. The model is so different. If you look big broader, today's industry is very isolated and has nothing to do with banks. Every company works in isolation. They have their own uh, products. They do have their own technology stack. And if they want to integrate with somebody else, you have a huge mess of data exchange, right? right? But on the blockchain, we are entering a new economy where everybody works on the same backbone. And that's a massive mind shift of how a company can operate. So I'm just a customer app on the same platform than an insurance will be, on the same platform than basically a supply chain company will be. And that's just you know, a new world that is created. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be part of shaping this new world. And so for me, that is at the moment something that I'm, I'm really focused on.
0: Are banks even thinking about things like this on the blockchain? Or are they still going with their traditional routes? and they're just going every day? We take out a loan, buy a car put the car there, sell it, you know, the these kind of, you know, this very traditional idea of money exchange. Are they thinking for the future like you are?
2: There's a lot going on in many, many banks, and there are a lot of teams actually looking at it. There's a lot of fintech going on, like try to integrate it. So it's not that uh, banks are ignoring the change, not at all. Uh, I believe they do uh, a lot to upgrade their technology system. A lot of people work very hard, right, to get actually innovation into it. It's just almost impossible giving the structure of a very old traditional institution. and I just feel what I try to do is such a different model. That's a big jump, right? That's right. you cannot do that within the existing model and just convert it into it. You need to do it outside. Right. And that's that's basically just for me a very specific and and uh, I think unique case. I don't know you know whether I will be successful or not. I try very hard to be so I'm gonna see whether this is flying, but if I believe it will be, pretty awesome and will um, will conquer the world. So that's why I wanted to do it.
0: Or one thing you mentioned when we were talking in private is that you will not launch this without a working system.
2: Correct, I do have in my hands the product and we test it still um, continuously with 20 people because I want to create such a unique user experience, get their feedback on which button should be where um, what they want to see, just like the question you had before, you know, what are going to see? Uh, how can interact with uh, people who sell something? Mm-hmm. All this is going to be so strongly tested already with uh, with a number of people. That on April, when we want to launch the product, we have something that is really working and it's real. So it's not an idea only. We do have a product that is in full development cycle.
0: Right on. That is so rare in this in this industry of blockchain these days. Yeah. Uh, everybody's promising the moon, and you're actually giving them real Lambos with four tokens. That's true. Do you have any competition?
2: There are a few startups as well on, on the blockchain who do a little bit um, in one segment, like for art or only cars. They do do it on the broader scale, and they don't combine investment with um, and co-ownership with experience um, as I do. But uh, I'm sure there will be competition in future and I'm very happy about competition because that means that's a good idea and um, that's then something that we actually continuously need to progress and get better and better for the sake of the customer. So I like that, to have competition. But Mm -hmm. at the moment, um, there's nothing out there which is absolutely the same and I would have the first mover advantage and I hope that gives me a very, very strong tailwind.
0: Going into more general questions, um, do you invest in cryptocurrency yourself?
2: A bit. I'm not a professional investor in that sense, more an explorer to understand and um to get into it I should say it I' I don't have time to be honest to <laughs> uh, to look at this uh, for investing this is you know you, you, in anything like also in the past where it was traditional one if you really want to be a good investor you need a lot of time sure and I don't have that I need to create a product and I need to you know win my customers so um, I just do a little and um, it makes fun so also, that it's not painful when it goes up and down and, you know, back and forth, this market at the moment. Right. So you don't feel like uh, something big is happening.
0: I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. When I first started this podcast around five or six months ago, I was into reading all of the news and reporting on all of the news. And now since this podcast has taken, a, taken on a life its own. Yeah. I have no time to look at the market. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, People write me and they say, hey, Matthew Aaron, what do you think of this token or ICO? And I'm like, I don't know.
2: If you're really into something, there's very little time left for something else.
0: When you were going into blockchain and you learned about blockchain, is there anybody that you admired in the space?
2: So uh, we explored it three, four years ago already. So I'm I'm into it quite a time, but actually it's not a person that is so fascinating to me. It's the the group and the vibe this group has because if you compare blockchainers with other types of um, you know innovation um, ideas it's very collaborative you meet people everywhere and they talk to you and they ask how i can help how we can work together it's not at all like you know isolation and competitive Mm. and i find that really fascinating um, again, this is this mindset. We're going to create one common ledger, one common infrastructure, and we all work on the same. So let's work together. And that mindset was blowing me away. I re- this, that's something that I love. I love to be a team player. I love to work with other ones. So that, that was most fascinating to me, to be honest.
0: I, I agree with that. Crypto 101 wouldn't be here without the 10 volunteers that work on it uh, every day almost. And, yeah. And I don't think any other space would do that. If I was, if I was making jeans… I don't think there would be everybody sewing my pant legs in Portland. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and
2: that, that's, you know, for something so technical and something so actually kind of um, not easy to understand and get into, right? In the uh, first instance, it's it's amazing how many people are really helping each other.
0: What do you think is a company that's going to have the greatest impact in the future in this space?
2: Uh, If you talk more about the blockchain itself and infrastructure, I think they're going to emerge a lot of companies who have a big impact. At the moment, I still feel Ethereum is the one that drives most of the direction, just saw that most of the traffic is going now through that platform as well. So I believe they have done a tremendous job and I believe they do have a massive impact already now. As with any innovation uh, in early stage, often new players come in at at a later stage. We have a better idea or improved idea and uh, so we're going to see but i think it's going to be a company on the infrastructure side which has the biggest impact
0: is your platform going to be on the ethereum network yes yes it will be on ethereum yes
2: also we produce the whole application as being agnostic to the underlying blockchain Uh, again for the reason that we will see which one will be the dominant one going forward at the moment i have a strong belief it will be ethereum
0: crypto 101 is positioned to be the first stop for a lot of people that come into the space it's quite possible when people Google or go to iTunes and they say Crypto 101, this is going to be the first stop they come to. And this, if this is their newest episode, you might be the first person they hear in their crypto venture. What would you want them to know if this was the first stop about getting into this space?
2: There's also words. Beyond the pure technology, which creates really consumer applications and helps consumers to fulfill something they want. So that's ne- not necessarily it's all about only the technology. It's also about using the technology mm-hmm. in a way to create value for you. Um, and that's basically would be nice if people take it away that um, it's not considered a very technical or very only cryptographic kind of world. It is the use cases that you can build on this technology. That great as well a big difference in the world.
0: Marco, thank you very much for coming on the show. And before we go, I have one last question for you. What three songs would you want with your episode?
2: I told you which one. I know, but you have <laughs> so, to say on the show.
0: <laughs> I have to say it. All
2: right, it's all right. "Chosen Rockstar," one of the top songs at the moment in the world, and then unforgettable because that podcast has been unforgettable for me. And uh, shed a light because we want to shed a light on blockchain to the world so
0: right on marco good picks thank you very much and we will talk to you later
2: okay thanks see you bye -bye. bye
0: Very much for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. Before we go, apogeecrypto.com, that's A-P-O-G-E-E-Crypto.com, best site to check your real-time prices. Also, check out ICO 101 with Elise Lamb. It's a new product from Crypto 101 team, and we want to look at ICOs before you delve in to take a risk. Also, I want to say thank you to Harry and Dale for doing the editing of these shows, and I want to say thank you to Danny Gong who is doing the ASL translations, the American Sign Language translations for our episodes that are posted on YouTube. So if you do know somebody that cannot listen to this podcast, but wants to get into crypto, send them over to our YouTube channel, where Danny's signing away and making it accessible for everybody. That's awesome. A couple last notes, come to our Spotify, it's Crypto 101 Music, where all the music for all of our episodes are on a playlist. Every time a new episode comes out, You'll see the new songs automatically on there. And lastly, and lastly, if you're going to sign up for Coinbase, Binance, or Cryptopia, please check the description. Our affiliate links are in the description, and it helps you out and helps us out. So thank you very much, and we'll see you on the next episode of Crypto 101.